All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the four guys are back in uniform fashion. All four of us are here. Tap, Rusty, Red, how you guys doing? Doing good. Fabulous. So this week, we've got a few topics to go over, some very exciting stuff. Um, And this was sort of a little thing I stumbled upon during the week. Uh, I was looking at a Facebook group uh, for Omnibus Collectors, and someone had posted a comic that they just recently bought that was actually a comic released on the month that they were born. Um, So... I decided to look that up and shot the idea out to you guys. I think it's a really fun exercise. I mean, just like going and finding out like, wow, this was happening while I was born. And, you know, I've actually read this issue now. So that's cool. Um, so one of the issues I noticed that came out during my uh, during, uh, the, the month of my birth, which is October 93, um, Batman number 500. You know, we're, we're, we're creeping up to some number 1000s at DC and... It's kind of cool to know, you know, it's a pretty big number, 500. It was uh, during the the Nightfall uh, story arc, too. So, kind of cool there. And um, Fantastic Four, number 381, where uh, Reed Richards apparently dies. I haven't read that issue, but I'm kind of intrigued to check it out now. Um, So, yeah, I mean, uh, you guys have anything, any any cool discoveries that you uh, uncovered as you did your research? I actually... I have one for you, okay? And um, I just now realized this. As we were talking and you were going through the intro, um, I just came upon it. But um, what is the second best-selling comic of all time? Or it was. I guess at the same time X-Men 1 came out. And you should know because they came out really close together. X-Men 1 was... Let's see. Is it X-Force? was an Avengers... Yeah, it is X Force number one. Okay. Came out in June of 1991, and at that time when they released that issue, that thing was wild. And you know, it's like worth nothing now because there were so many issues. But um, it sold. Jeez, oh, how many issues was it? I think it was like over five million issues or something like that something ridiculous and um yeah uh that came out in june of 1991 what about you uh did you why do you feel old now you said june uh, i was born in june of 91 fuck man i'm old (laughs) You're not that old. What are you? How old? You said you're 35? See, 35 tomorrow. 35 tomorrow. That's not that much. You know what's weird is um I guess you're you're only what? 9 years older than me. No, I just feel old. So, you're 9 years older than Rusty and I'm 9 years older than you, Tab. Does that make you feel better? Yes, it does. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Which means I'm 18 years older than Rusty. <laughs> exactly. Son. Hey, thanks. And then, <laughs> wait a minute. But the, the thing is, how old are you, Nova? I am 23. The youngest gun of them all. The yeah. youngest, but probably one of the most knowledgeable people I've oh, ever met. Thank you. To, uh, <laughs> Thank like you. DC and indie and yeah. yeah, you are probably one of the most freaking <laughs> red people I've ever I've I've met when it comes to comics, my oh, man. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess until it comes to Marvel stuff, and then I'm just choking. Well, okay, choking maybe not at Marvel. The gills. But... Yeah. 
Well, uh, well, so uh, who's up? Who wants to talk about some of the stuff that came out their month? So the two big ones that stand out for me is uh, Daredevil 184, which is the classic cover with yellow. It's the yellow cover with just Daredevil's head and him pointing a gun, um, like, you know, sort of at the reader. And uh, that issue, he teams up with... Uh, that was, like, right after he had met the Punisher and him and the Punisher faced off. So now he's, like, now teaming up with the Punisher. So it's a classic Frank Miller uh, storyline. I know exactly what issue you're talking about. I see it in online auctions a lot on yep. Facebook. Everyone wants to yep. sell it for that cover because that cover is It's an iconic, iconic. cover, yep. Yep. Very much so. So, yeah, Daredevil 184. And then uh, the other one... Um, which is more personal to me, um, is actually Amazing Spider-Man number 230, uh, which is actually really cool because I was thinking to myself, I said, oh, I, I should go get that issue. And then I realized I have that issue in my Roger Stern Amazing Spider-Man omnibus. And I just read that issue uh, by happenstance uh, a couple days ago because, well, I'm just reading my Roger Stern omnibus and I just happened to stumble across that one. And it's a fun issue, Rusty. You should go back and read it. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, 2.30 and 2.31 is when uh, uh, Spidey faces off. He has to stop the juggernaut. Ooh. Uh, Black Tom Cassidy uh, is, wants to take out Madam Web. And so he uh, basically hires the Juggernaut to uh, make landfall and go take out Madam Web, and Madam Web recruits Spider-Man to come help her. Is it that iconic like Spidey issue, and it's like uh, the cover is basically, or iconic Juggernaut issue, I should say, where the cover is like the silhouette of him, and it's like yep. who stops yep. the Juggernaut that's, or whatever. That's it. Yep, that's good. That's a cool cover too. I see that a lot online, also. It but I mean, it's just one of those covers that you remember. You remember. Yes, it is. It is a really, really cool cover. So yeah, those are like the two big ones. The the two big ones for me that really kind of stand out. And I think the other one was uh, Chris Claremont's uh, Wolverine number one. It's technically a September issue, but I think it dropped in July. Like, I think it was released in newsstands in July, but it was labeled as a September issue. Um, so, yeah, Chris Claremont's uh, Wolverine number one would be another one. That's probably the most memorable out of all of them, man. That's a great <laughs> series. I, guess. I don't get, know. Daredevil, oh. 184, Daredevil 184 is pretty up there. Yeah, definitely. But Yeah, so that's what I got. Red, what do you got? Nothing too exciting. I mean, I have Captain Marvel number 25. Ooh, uh, hey, March of, March of 73. And that is the first Thanos cameo. Well, it's like and, the first uh, uh, cover cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, well, it, okay. Technically, 25 is Thanos' second appearance. Uh, some people argue it's his cameo because in the first issue, Iron Man 55, um, he only pops him in like a panel, basically, and then at the end of the comic, he's a robot. So, so it's like yeah. actually him popping up in twenty five, and mm -hmm. it's not the robot, and there's no confusion at all. Yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I, I, I go with twenty five person. What do you go with? Oh, I own twenty five, so I can only hope that everyone else will go with twenty five, <laughs> right? Of course. Uh. Um, but nothing really too spectacular or anything. And I mean, Amazing Spider Man number one eighteen. 
Uh, let's see what are some of the other ones. Uh, there's one that actually I saw. What was it? Um, it was kind of looked interesting. One I thought I would like to read. Where did it go? Oh, uh, commies from Mars. <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number oh, one, funny. commies from Mars. A bunch of communists from Mars. It looks like it could be a funny read. Uh, let me pull it up again. Who was it by? It was by uh, Kitchen Sink Comics. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds super familiar. So yeah, they did a bunch of bunch of stuff actually. So you know, some of the story. There's multiple stories in it. One of them by Adolf Hitler funnies and uh, Law and Odor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was just some uh, Tussie come back. A piece of get a piece on the beach. It's a bunch of just crazy wow. stuff in there. It's like, all right, I'm gonna, I might have to check that one out. So let's see, Daredevil 97, Fantastic Four, uh, what is that, uh, 22, it says here, uh, from 1968, uh, 1960 run, run, it was 132, okay. Okay, Red, speaking of, Fantastic yeah. Four, uh-huh. have you ever read the, the old Fantastic Four, like the the early Fantastic Four? I want to say I got through issues one through 140, 150-ish. Okay, so you have read, like, a lot of the older Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. So I'm starting to read that stuff digitally. Mm -hmm. I think I'm on issue five. I've read one through four, one through five. Maybe they're on five or six. No, I'm on issue four, I think. It's the first appearance of Doctor Doom, Yeah, where I'm currently at. And uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I'm really loving, like, Stan's writing on Amazing Spider-Man. I'm really Mm -hmm. loving his writing on, uh, on Daredevil. And I know that those, like, Spider-Man and Daredevil were kind of, like, mm-hmm. five-ish years in the future from Fan- Fantastic yeah. Four, is like, the first big one. I just, I don't know how I feel about Fantastic Four yet. Does it get better? It does get better. It does a lot. And it's hard because it is such different storytelling and art and everything. It, it's, it's very not, different. It is dated. very different. It, it is dated. And, you know, there's a, an old saying um, for Jack Kirby that helps me through times like you're having right now. And it was – let me make sure I get this correct. The saying is uh, something like you can you can redesign uh, tires as many times as you want, but you can only create the wheel once. And I have to remember that saying because like, okay, yes, he created the wheel. He cr- This is what, what – how comics became to be what they are today, but it was redesigned so many times after that. To get to, so I think of that saying when I read these things. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like really, oh, this is hard to get through. Yeah, like (laughs) thing looks like a giant pile of weirdness. Like thing just looks weird. It looks like a blob almost. Yeah, you gotta wait Uh, though, man. You once you get into different eras, writing in FF two, man, it's hard. Like I love his writing though in Daredevil, and I love his writing in Spider Man, and I know like that's four to five ish years in the future from fantastic four so he had a lot of time to you know get his voice down i guess you could say yeah but it was just it's it's kind of hard to get through like i'm still doing it because i'm enjoying the ride but man it's hard it wasn't until like issue 75 ish to when it was starting like okay yeah really either i'm getting used yes it was a while (sighs) it was a while i mean i could see like back then you know you don't really have a lot of choices so you're kind of like this is amazing because you don't have anything to compare it to whereas today we have 
a million things to compare it to. And you think about it, back then, Fantastic Four was the flagship for Marvel. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You know, that was that's what got them going. So, but yeah, it took a while. So they were what sixty one. So figure Spider Man and all the other stuff came out in sixty four. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> give it a few years. <laughs> I was going to say, though, Tap, like you don't like some of the art, the way it looks now, but then you get into some of the other stuff and the way they do the characters. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Uh, There's some very bad things later on in the Fantastic Four as you get to it. Um, everyone has their own version of Thing, and um, mm-hmm. Kirby is, isn't as bad in the beginning as some of the others. And I mean, eventually you'll yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I am excited though to read the first appearance of uh, Doctor Doom. That's kind of exciting. Oh yeah, there's a lot of first appearances in. The oh yeah, Stanley yeah. Jack Jack Kirby, is, oh, God, yeah. Doctor Doom. Same thing with Spider Man too. I was reading all the early Spider Man. I'm getting those omnibuses actually tomorrow. Um, mm. There's a lot of uh, you know Vulture, Rhino, Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of good in. Actually, Man. that uh, the old FF stuff. I actually have. A segment that I want to, I'm looking at to buy issues 94 through 297. So 204 issues of FF I'm looking to buy right now. There's some single cool issues or Marvel there. Masterworks or what? No actual actual issues. Single issues. No right. joke. You're gonna go back because you owned them uh, most of them. Not at fantastic. One point. Not Fantastic Four. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so issues 94 through 297. Those 204 issues are all the Bronze Age. That's some good stuff. Yeah, so I'm looking to pick that up. You can see uh, Gene Gray come back to life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got to be Very some cool. John Burns stuff in there. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. That dude is awesome. But yeah, um, just in a, just quickly going to throw this out there. Another book that came out during my uh, birth month was the first issue of Daredevil, uh, Man Without Fear. Mm-hmm. Miller Jr. Really? Jr. Yeah. Oh. Kind of proud of that one. That was a good. That one. was yeah, a good series. That is good. Um, and Garth Ennis started his run on uh, the Demon, which is fantastic. I love that book. It's so ridiculous and violent, and um, Etrigan's such a cool character, man. That dude is underused. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I thought a fun one that went through my birthday month was uh, Infinity Gauntlet. We had Silver Surfer fifty, and I guess the series was going on by then. So weird coincidence that I'm such a big Thanos fan and Infinity Gauntlet fan, and went straight through my birthday. I wasn't you even alive to enjoy cocoon, it. Weren't you? Yeah, We'll call him Alex, right? There you go. Yeah, why not? But anyways, um, yeah, that's. I think that's a little fun. You're thing gonna to have do. a son named Pip, aren't you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think your girl will fall for that one. No, I don't think so either. It'll be she's at least pretty supportive, and she's pretty supportive and gets you a lot of cool stuff for like your birthday and whatnot. I don't think she's gonna go with Pip though. Draw the <laughs> I, I know, but or at least what you do is you say, you know how some parents or fathers say, "Hey, sport, come here." You know, you'll be like, "Hey, Pip, come on over here." <laughs> hey, troll, come Dad, here. Dad, all the kids make fun of me and call me a troll. Yeah. That's okay, <laughs> Pip. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Do you think she'd let you name a kid Thanos, though? She's uh, brought it up once when she was a little bit drunk, but... Um, <laughs> did you I, record it? <laughs> I did not record it. That is the sad thing about it. I'll bring it up every so often, and she'll be like, 
Well, you know, I don't. I didn't mean it, but you know, I'm just like, oh, okay. What about Norin? I haven't tried that one. I haven't Norin. tried that one. You might be able to get away with Norin. Worst case, you just get a dog and call him Thanos. Thanos, right. whatever you want to call him. But he's got to be the smallest dog imaginable. I, I have a, <laughs> a little pug. Chihuahua. Just a little pug. <laughs> get a little chihuahua with a purple bandana. <laughs> Oh, or or, ba- or better yet, you know, just get like a bulldog or something. It's already got the grimace face and yeah. shit. Oh, dude, I love bulldogs. It's my favorite kind of dog. <laughs> your chihuahua purple. will be Thanos. Your bulldog will be Pippa. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. But um, while we're talking about Marvel now, um, I guess I, I always try and read a new series whenever it starts. There hasn't been really anything that new except for um, Deadpool kills a Marvel Universe again. I know we got some Colin Bunn fans in our four guy group here. Did any of you guys check that book out at all or no? Issue number one came out. Surprisingly, I did not, man. Mm. Uh, did you tap? No, I actually uh, have not read anything except for Old Spider Man this whole like two weeks. Yeah, I oh, yeah. I passed on it to tell you the truth. I just didn't feel like it. Within the mood, I'm just I'm in a okay. My thing is I'm in a binge mood lately. Like yeah. that's my thing. I'm in a very I'm very much in a binge mood. I don't want to go month to month. I I'm kind of I'm trade waiting. There, we'll just leave it at that. That's what I'm currently kind of doing. I'm trade waiting. Interesting. Well, if you guys want to skim through, Dalibor's artwork is tremendous in it. I really liked what he did. A lot of good uh, two page. Oh, Dalibor's in this? I didn't yeah. realize it. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Well, him and Colin did the first one, so they're kind of back. At, oh, cool. You know, it's a little reunion. His artwork's Same really good page. in it, so at least flip through it and check out some of the two page spreads he's got. It's funny that book actually Marvel misprinted one of the two page spreads. So instead of having the two pages like this, it was like one here, one on the other side of the page. So they, um, <laughs> you kind of lost that artwork there. But um, yeah, it's the artwork's pretty cool. It changes tones too. It goes to like cartoony to serious to like the, it, it's great. At least flip through it and check it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, how many issues is it gonna be? Because the last one was it separate issues or was the last one just like one I major? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was separate. It's I just... had the tr- I had like the graphic novel trade yeah. thing, so I can't remember how it was. No, it was it was issue. It was a mini series, and um, this one's the same thing. Uh, it's five issues, so shouldn't be too long well good then i'll read it i don't know i'm just in a weird binge mood lately if i can't binge it i'm just i'm impatient right now i don't know why jeez well fair enough so I, i'm much, kind of the same way well there's so much am... good stuff out there too right now and i'm i know i'm missing out on a lot of stuff which is really really sad but you're not alone i mean i'm feeling the same way too you did some t- most of the time you just want to binge you want to sit down and read through something that's nice and long and enjoy it yeah. and not have to wait. I mean, it's... Ugh. It's true, especially when it's really, really good. Like God Country. Yeah. Um, or, uh, you know... Oh, God Country, I love that's, you. That's what, I, that's what I'm waiting for. I need that third preacher absolute and then just... I'm going to turn I off my phone. God Country. I, I've read the first issue, but I, don't, I, would, I won't read anymore. Even though I'm, I have them, I just won't read them until I get a big stack. Well, it's all God done Country's now. Done, yeah. God Country's done. As long as you have all six issues, it's oh, done. Then I didn't even realize it was done. Yeah, I have all six. So <laughs> yep. Then you're good. Binge read okay. away, sir. Okay, it's, cool. It's great stuff. You'll read it so quickly, man. 
All right. Oh yeah, it's you'll you'll be done within probably a half hour, forty five minutes, and you're gonna go, Donny Cates. I love you. Ah, I I love his work anyways. Yeah, that man's on fire. Red, red, uh, yeah, <laughs> spit it out, red, redneck. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I've uh, read up through issue three. Is issue yeah. three even out yet? I got early access. Yeah. Is issue three even out yet? I have it. I haven't read it again. It's okay. on my stack. To I read. Finish. I read issue three like a month and a half ago, so I couldn't remember if it. Yeah. Yeah. Was out yet? But no, I love it. I can't wait for issue four now. Like I've been. And it really sucks because I read issue three so far in advance that I've really been waiting for issue four. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, t- oh my gosh! So this last Wednesday, I was, I went to a a different comic shop just for the hell of it, one I don't normally go to, and the guy there, you know, the owner of the shop, super friendly, really nice guy, and he's like, "Oh, so what? What are you into? What do you collect? Maybe I can help you." I'm like, "You know, I told him my interests, you know, Sergeant Fury and The Rock and things like that." He's like. You love war comics. That's my favorite thing. And he goes, this is my personal collection. He opens these cabinets and he has all of these war comics. And I'm like, oh, so what, what do you have in there? And I recognize everything except for one. And I pulled this out and it was, uh, oh God, what was the name of it? Um, Battle Picture Weekly and Battle Picture uh, Pre, oh God, what was it? Uh, something else. I, I just can't remember. But, but Battle Picture Weekly. And I'm telling you, it was a war comic that came out in the 60s and 70s in the UK. And it was the only place, you know, it never made it to the States. It was only in the UK. And I was fumbing through it. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like kind of like a G.I. Joe versus Sergeant Fury, Sergeant Rock type of thing. But all in the eyes of the UK when the British was, you know, fighting World War II. And it was so good. It's like, oh, my gosh, where can I binge this stuff? He's like, it's nowhere. You can't find it on any app, on nothing. He's mm. like, Ugh. and I'm just like, I want to read more. This is so good. And so I look at the stuff up on eBay. To get one issue, it's like 20 bucks on the low side. And these aren't your regular comic book type of issues. You know, like those news uh, weekly uh, uh, magazine or uh, what do you call it? The newsprint paper thingies that you get for free at, at comic shops. It's kind of like in that style. Oh, it's just, okay. a, it, it's like a, a newspaper. Newspaper, yeah. Yeah, but, but it's cut more of a magazine style, mm-hmm. but in a comic book style. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I want to binge this so bad. It's just like, I can't find it anywhere. It's <laughs> so, rough. Anyway. so it's pretty rare. It is very rare. So if any of you listeners out there know where I can binge some Battle Picture Weekly, please let me know. I, my searches are coming up blank. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, there's a lot of other stuff to read. Uh, yeah. Now, I've been dabbling back and reading some of that old Cap stuff, and I was showing pictures to you guys of uh, the very in-depth plot line that they're following with Captain America <laughs> being a comic book penciler. <laughs> Yeah, very long. It's been like t- nine issues, and every time there's like two or three pages of him working to be a comic book penciler, and it's it's hilarious. Okay, it's hilarious. I gotta ask, who's writing this stuff? Because it, I know this was written prior to Airboy, but it feels reminiscent of James Robinson's Airboy, but yeah. not as dirty. It's uh, it's Mark Grunewald. Okay. Who um, okay. apparently had? Was, a, did he just get bored and he's just like, let's just come up with like a a funny story or what? It's crazy. Let me write about myself. <laughs> he's building this huge like 
whatever they're called, the Society of Serpents or whatever. I, I always forget what they're called. Um, but he's building this huge story with them coming together and like they're planning this super heist. And then it's just like, hmm, uh, funny how I can draw the Captain America's movement so realistically because I am Captain America. And it's all this stuff about him going to the editors and they're like, getting comics out on time is our highest priority. <clears throat> I think someone from Marvel needs to go back and read that that issue um no kidding and then it's like yeah or else it was a it was was, or else it was just a jab at jim shooter at the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) this was 80s cap you said right yeah it was like 85 around there yeah jim shooter it's great it's so much fun it's probably my favorite part of the book just these random he's so dedicated to it too he went from being an advertisement guy to just i'm gonna pencil captain america and what do you know the first gig i get is captain america all right so it's it's funny and he gets paid he gets paid by marvel in the comic book so that they can use his stories so he's getting paid to give them stories and he's getting paid to draw it it's like it's the easiest way for captain america to ever make money it almost that reminds me all of a sudden of the uh those all those captain america clips in spider-man homecoming have you guys seen the movie yet before i I spoil it yes Yes, I've seen it. Go ahead. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So Captain America, all all throughout the movie and even at the end, he's doing these little uh, video clips for the high school and is like, you know, and oh, you're in detention. Well, you screwed up, but it's okay because we can make you better. (laughs) These little advertisements that he's doing you know i don't know why it just i thought of that when you're talking about this yeah so your body is changing (laughs) (laughs) you know gym a gym class video yeah (laughs) me and your gym teacher here and he's pointing on the wrong side (laughs) yeah oh that was great yeah, that was, that was definitely the best part of the movie. It was just awesome to have. Uh, did everybody stick around for the double and or the double? Uh, the I double did. Credits, I the, the, the whole credits. thing. Did With everybody else? See, yeah, did everybody else see it? Yeah, no, I yeah. haven't. I haven't seen the movie, so I mean, no, oh, okay. ahead, I'll take my headphones off. I was told not yeah. to stay for the second one because your girlfriend will just get mad at you. No, dude, I'm to- she'll be totally cool with it. She'll probably laugh her butt off. Trust me. No, man. We'll see. Whenever I get around to it. Yeah. <laughs> Reagan wasn't happy, but your girlfriend might be happy. Yeah, so. I don't know. No. We'll see. Oh, anyway, speaking of spoilers and binging all that kind of stuff, this week I finally finished Volume One of Exo Manowar. Oh yeah. And, and who has read Volume One? Not the whole thing, but most. I think I read like thirty-five issues or so. I don't know okay. how many there were in total. Now, Tap, have you read Volume One? Uh, which again? Sorry, I was yelling at children. Exo Man of War, Volume One. Uh, no, I have the Omni, the but I've read it. Oh my gosh! So I can't spoil it for you then. But anyways, I will tell you this: out of the entire run of sixty-eight issues, it wasn't bad, but the best part was Ron Mars. Is nine or ten issues that he did? He just broke everything down, reset everything up, and just it was just amazing. And then after his stint was done, what they did with it just was like, oh, really? <laughs> I mean, do you guys want spoilers? Yes or no? Sure. Sure. I don't, I don't know if Valiant's ever going to collect the latter half. So. Yep. Okay. Yep. So basically, so Ron Mars, he killed basically everybody off except for Eric. Destroyed Orb Industries. 
Eric was left with nothing. Didn't even have the exosuit, basically. Paul, because he was on the second version of the exosuit that uh, was morphed into with Paul. And so kind of Paul was starting to basically took it over again because he was sending it with it. And so Eric was left with nothing, absolutely nothing. And Ron Mars is like, okay, that's it. I'm done with my run. You guys pick it up now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. And so basically, so the last, you know, maybe 10 issues, 12, 12 issues until they canceled the series was basically him trying to get his footing on everything. The very last issue, I kid you not, was basically Eric was on the show. The ship the whole time, everything that happened the entire series was nothing but um, a vision of the possible <gasps> future. No way. Yes. Oh my god! What a slap in the face. I know. Oh I was like, god. how could you do that? It's like oh, so, but wow. but I can understand why they did it because the claim was taking over yeah. the series, yeah. and so. That okay the, for that reason I could understand, but I'm telling you, I read that last issue and I was like, "Motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell?" That is insane. And especially after Ron Mars really changed the whole you know EXO universe, he could the, you know Valiant could have done something wonderful with it, and then they went right. They did that. It's just like, oh god, that's <laughs> a tough time so. for the company. Yeah, and I, and I read all that in one day. I was like, you know, the last, I don't know, 40 issues of the series. And I was just like, I got so super. I mean, I was talking to Ron Mars on Twitter. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. You know, we were chatting back and forth. Then I read that last issue, and I was just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a slap in the face. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It happens. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Red Skull. Are yeah. you caught up on Secret Empire yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've read it. So you read the X-Men issue. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah, I did. You know, with the assassin out there killing off everybody. And yeah. Baseball in the park and Colossus can't make his Still armor. Doing that? So do, how often do they play baseball in this comic book? Uh, <laughs> three times. Three times since it started. It but they're on the first oh. issue. Yeah, they played it two more times since then. Gotcha. So they're oh. gonna join the uh, the MLB at some point, I imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Marvel League, the Central yeah. Park X Men. <laughs> exactly. But um, I uh, I don't know if y'all are gonna, re- but no, no. Dang, spoil dude. away, man. Don't worry about me or Tap. Spoil uh, Okay. Don't you know what the thing was though? It, it, there was it so made... much that happened. And none of it made sense to me because I didn't read any of the gold or the blue. Well, all I know well, yeah, was, that's true. Okay, yeah. all I knew it was important in the Secret Empire, which was basically they're playing baseball and they see the Dark Force shield come down behind oh, them. Oh my god! That's and it. yeah, and exit Secret Empire oh. stuff. Everything goes back into X Men. See, that's that when oh. that's when I learned when it was Infinity and there was a Thunderbolts tie-in issue, and literally the issue is a normal Thunderbolt story, but they're like. Oh, look at that. It looks like a fleet of ships in the sky. That's it. Yes. <laughs> That's the Infinity tie-in. I was like, how dare you guys? Yes. I'm never buying a tie-in again. It's so what, ridiculous. And I'm telling you, basically every tie-in this week was exactly like that. Yeah. For the most part. Ah, just like, oh my gosh. I mean, well, the best thing this week, I think, that happened was uh, Brave, in the, Brave, uh, Brave New World issue number three. And that wasn't 
too terribly bad. The first two stories kind of sucked. The third story, you know, with uh, uh, Neymar was pretty good. But the first one was just – listen to this. Tell me if you've heard this story before. Craven the Hunter breaks in the Daily Bugle, demands to know where they're getting all the pictures from because – Obviously, the, the Daily Bugle knows who Spider-Man is because of all the great pictures that are being taken. And he wants James Jameson to give him the information of the photographer and all the information about who Spider-Man is. Oh, Craven's last time. This is the exact story. This is it. That, that was a story. Hmm? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just like, uh, I think I read this a few times in some of the 60s and 70s and the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, that sounds a lot like Craven's last song. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it was, really. Which is now, a great read, by the way. But yeah, you got to definitely read it. But, but I'm, I'm gonna, I was gonna say, oh, go yeah. ahead, Nova, or go ahead, Red. No, no, I was just gonna say, you would not expect to have that in a Secret Empire book. It was a waste. Well, I was gonna say this. Going back to the X Men mm-hmm. Secret Empire story. Uh, it didn't seem like a lot happened to you because you don't know what's going on. But the fact that going into the story, since I can spoil it, I'm sorry if you don't if you haven't read it and you're really into X-Men Gold, don't listen to this right now. Skip forward like five minutes or so. Because but, Colossus uh, dies. <laughs> no, okay. Um, Colossus at the beginning of the damn comic uh, – well, the previous comic, he was attacked by a sentinel that is like almost like Brainiac where it steals information from people and it like evolves and it's like an it's a self-aware sentinel, basically, um, mm-hmm. almost like Ultron ish. Uh, but it uh, attaches itself to Colossus and then they save Colossus from it. It's just one of the side things. They didn't even seem like it was that big of a deal. And then all of a sudden at the beginning of this issue, he's like. The doctor says that I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to turn into steel again. Yeah. And so he lost his power, basically. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to get it back or not. Oh, poor and baby. Yeah. And um, then we have the whole thing with Rachel and Nightcrawler. Because Rachel's Rachel getting some tail. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. I tell you, uh, Rachel's hot, though. Hey, yo. Uh, it, but yeah, uh, Rachel and Nightcrawler. I think it was like a sympathy kiss, though, because she's like, I've always known you were my friend, but I never thought you felt that way about you. And he's like, no, that's how I vote. And he's like, no, I've read your mind now. I was on you with another level. I can understand this because in the previous one, she went she basically had a ghost moment with Jean Grey and with Cyclops and learned to go <laughs> past her limits without the Phoenix. And she used this ability to destroy all the Sentinels in the area that we're attacking them. And it was like a total takeover basically of uh, New York and starting and where it was spreading to the U S uh, because of a uh, nanotech virus, basically that spread into the Sentinels. Um, but beyond that, uh, yeah, Colossus lost all his shit. And then all of a sudden um, Nightcrawler, like these, little demons start popping up. If you've read Secret Empire, you know that these little demons start popping up in mm-hmm. the in the dark zone area of New York. And all the people of New York are like, 
Nightcrawler is one of these. And he's like, no, I'm an X-Men. And they form an angry mob and they basically overwhelm him and he can't vamp away. And all of a sudden you see them like holding on to different limbs of him. And he's just like, no. And then all of a sudden it basically makes it seem like he dies. Yeah. That's so the impression Night- I got. <laughs> yeah. It felt like Nightcrawler just died right there. And so that's the mm-hmm. first X-Men that went away and you didn't see again. And then all of a sudden, like I said, at the end of the comic, um, we go through this long thing and we have this guy assassinating different people and uh, different mutants. And he's in the X-Mansion while it's dark outside and he's just killing off random students and stuff. Um, the reason why I was talking saying that you should read it, Nova, is you know the guy in Generation X that has all the eyeballs all over his face? Thousand eyes or whatever. Uh, yeah, the assassin walks up to him and just sticks a knife into his one of his eyes on his cheek and just rips mm-hmm. it out. Good. Yeah. Yeah. As long as Quentin's cool. Yeah, Quentin didn't show up. Yeah, um, he even talked about that part in the YouTube video that I did for it. It's like, yeah, poke that guy's eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like uh, the goon, knife to the eye. Anyone who's uh, read the goon will know what that means. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> It goes through the whole thing, and then at the very end, um, the guy pulls out a gun, and he shoot, He shoots at Kitty, right? Is it Kitty Red? I don't know who he's shooting at, but he has, But I know who he hits. Yeah, he shoots at one of them, and all of a sudden, Colossus is like, no, and he jumps in front of it, and all of a sudden, it shows a panel of the bullet like hitting him in the head, basically, and then it ends the comic. Yeah. And so we're like, is he dead? And it looked like he was dead. So it killed off Nightcrawler and Colossus in this comic. Interesting. Or so we think. You, mm-hmm. yeah, people didn't see the air quotes you, you made there. Yeah. Or so we think. Well, this is how it's going to be. With this ev- Secret Empire event, it's probably going to end up resetting everything back to ground zero again. Yeah. <sighs> I'll tell you, I, th- I put some thought into this. Personally, what I would like to see, you know, let some of these guys get killed off. Let things do what they may. But uh, at the end of this event, let Hydra's be win. Let the whole Marvel Universe, you know, be changed by Hydra being the supreme of everything. And then the next event in 18 months, then you can switch it all back around. But well, why? I don't know. <laughs> because now look at they have. I mean, what was that one time that they just had? Uh uh, Occupy Avengers, I think. It, I, I'm trying to remember which one it was. Or no, actually, I think it was Secret Empire Five. But anyway, they build a they're building a time machine to put a hundred years into the future. I mean, some of this the crap that they're pulling out of their ass right now for this event is just like really. So I just like, oh my gosh, I just I'm like I said, I'm actually starting to get annoyed with some of the stuff they're doing. I feel you on that. I mean, uh, they're doing a lot of weird stuff, too. And then, like you said, all of the timelines are kind of off a little bit anyway. Yeah, they are. I mean, every every issue this week, every tie-in was basically off and should have been around the time of uh, Secret Empire issue number zero. That's well, funny. this is the question that I got to ask then, and maybe Nova can jump in on this, is where do weapons of mass dest- or mutant destruction fit in in all this? Banana. That's the answer. That's, that's what Marvel would tell you. Banana. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else yeah. to tell you. It doesn't that's make doing sense pretty good, right? though. Yeah, it's a pretty yeah. good book so far. 
But it doesn't fit in. It... Yeah. Dude. No, they'll find a way. They'll find yeah. it. They'll... <clears throat> yeah. Um, so on the DC side of, side of things, I did some catching up this week. <laughs> and my God, Wally West, the, the new 52 one, that dude's gone through some changes. I had no idea were happening. So I had to catch up on all that. And... And like nobody's talking about this. There's so much that ha- that's happened with that with that character over the past few months. Deathstroke stole his connection to the Speed Force, so he's powerless now. He got hmm. kicked from the Teen Titans. Um, Barry revealed his identity to him, uh, and I still need to catch up on that. But apparently, really let him down. It's crazy what's happening, and um, yeah, it, it, there's so much going on in DC right now, and I feel like I've neglected it for too long. So I, need to get I was gonna, to yeah. Actually, I was gonna bring that up tonight because I'm gonna say between you and Tap, the big DC people who just been doing your DC rebirth uh, talks and everything, I haven't heard much from you guys lately. It's like, what's going on? Has DC rebirth gotten that bad? No, no, no. not at all. I, I just, just neglected it entirely, except for like Batman occasionally. But uh-huh. I put everything on the back burner for Valiant. Yeah. And uh, now that I'm yeah. more or less caught up on Valiant, I'm now putting everything on the back burner for Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm just waiting on you guys to catch up with Hal Jordan so I have someone to talk to. Dude, it's going to be well. I can't. My problem is I'm just getting so overwhelmed with the amount of amazing stuff that's out there. Yeah. There's, there's too and much. The amount of, and like, there's a lot of old stuff too that I've never yeah. read or that I want to reread or whatever. The, and it's just, there's too much and it's, it's mm-hmm. overwhelming and, so I go through yeah. like these weird like phases where I'm just like I'm going all in on this, and then once I'm done with that, then I'm like, all right, now I'm gonna go all in on this because yeah. I just I, there's just too much. So much and, I, and physical yeah, always takes priority. Like physical books, I've got mm-hmm. I've got like what eight books coming in two weeks that I'm gonna be picking <laughs> up. I've got like I've got like ten or twelve. Which I almost broke binds. my back putting in the attic. Yeah, today, I should have. I, I was gonna warn you, but then it it came so quickly. I didn't have time to warn you. Like, right? Yeah, those things showed up quick. Like that was the days. fastest I have. That was the fastest yeah. I have ever seen IST ship anything. It usually takes them at least a week well, to get me. Books, I got the, so I don't know where they're based out of. But I got the FedEx ground. <laughs> my backyard. I got the FedEx. I got the FedEx uh, free. Even with the FedEx, upgrade. I've taken. It's taken like four to five days. That was quick as hell. Red's <laughs> like somebody got a delivery, and I was like, no way. He just ordered that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. That's why I, I was like, I better open this because this can't be it. He just put this in. What is this? Like I opened it up, I was like, "Wow, okay, <laughs> wow." Yeah, but, so that's uh, gonna be like seven thousand pages of stuff to read, and I've got custom think, binds coming in next week. Um, I mean, there's, doggy, <laughs> there's just no time. <clears throat> now, yeah, no time. it's. I mean, I st- I mean, I still have oogles of, bo- of short boxes I just got to get to, and now it's like I've been slowly picking up in physical uh, yeah. DC Rebirth Wonder Woman. And I've, I've gotten I've gotten like six out of the what twenty five issues so far. Yeah, yeah, twenty five. And yeah, and it's like no, I got to get them all now. Yeah. So and then once I get them all, I'm going to binge them. Yeah, twenty five should get you pretty far because that's when Greg Rucka and Liam Sharp leave. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty good solid chunk to binge over. Yeah, but you know, talking to kind of like what you're talking about, Tap is like I find myself going through waves as well. It's like right now I'm, I've been enjoying the Marvel wave. 
And now I'm kind of slowly getting off it because of all the crap they're throwing into Secret Empire. And, you know, then I'll see myself I'm starting to get into DC. And then I know after a little while I want to jump back into my war. It just just keep rotating, circling through the different stuff. There's, yeah, there's just too much good stuff out there. I mean, that's a good problem to have. Don't get yeah. me wrong. But it is is definitely overwhelming. And yeah. I don't know, man. I just... I'm just gonna like what I read, and if I'm not up to date, sorry. I just I, there's just too much. I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't get a lot of time to read as is, so yeah. I have to really be kind of like you said, Noah. But you know, my physical books come first, and that's you know those are kind of taking priority right you, now. You know what the best plan of action is to do? Just get like a serious disease or something, and we get all this time off of work <laughs> and just like spend all that time reading. <laughs> Just go like break a bone and be out of work. Yeah, like yeah, break yeah. my leg and be out of work for a few months. If you were a woman, you could just get pregnant and be like, "I got to take maternity leave, guys." Just catch up on the comic. You got a table to yeah. put the book on. It's great. It's all there. <laughs> well, you know, you know, companies, even the military, now offers paternity leave. Oh, that's right. That's true. My work yes. gave me two weeks when Garrick was born. So. so knock up your girl and take your paternity leave. Speaking of Garrick, are you? Are you guys excited to be meeting, uh, well, everybody but Rusty, to be meeting uh, John Wesley's ship, Mr. Oh, Jay Garrick himself oh, yeah. from uh, the current Flash, or I guess Barry Allen from the Flash in 91, yep. 92, whatever it was? Well, I think he's 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 Barry. He's Garrick. I mean, he's a, he's the Flash. Come on. That's no, good. he was at Tidewater uh, when I was out here a couple months ago and i'm telling you i could not get into his line his line was so super long all really the time. all the time yeah wow yeah well hopefully it's not too bad <laughs> at novacon might as well just pitch it so july 28th through the 30th novacon tyson's corner virginia uh four guys in a comic well really it's three guys in rusty three on skype. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah three fourths and then rusty on skype We'll uh we'll be at the con. Uh, there's gonna be some really good creators there. A lot of indie creators, a lot of Yay, local local Virginia type creators. Uh, there's gonna be some good stuff though. It looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yep, yep. And I think uh, the layout looks much better than what I experienced this weekend. <laughs> yep, yep. And I believe Nova, you and I were gonna go check on Action Comics number one. Yes. Yeah. What? Yes. Yep. Yes. yes. I'm not going to do that because I'm jealous. Flying I'm flying in Friday morning so, or yes. Friday afternoon. Yeah. So I'm do that. I wish so. I could be there, but like I said, hopefully you guys are going to figure out a way to do the um, the laptop idea where it's talk to Rusty, just face <laughs> it out towards the crowd and just let them talk into the microphone. They'll be like, uh, "Where is he?" We'll be like, oh, "He's in the bathroom. Don't worry, just give it a minute." Yeah. He's brushing his hair. Exactly. Yeah. Reagan's got him doing something. Yeah. Exactly. So oh. what's uh? If I'm gonna tell you this right now, though, if like if we get some downtime potentially uh, during the con, and Mister Action Comics Number One isn't too far away from the con. I might be like taking a leave of absence for an hour. And <laughs> yeah. I want to say it was a thirty. 30- Eight minute drive one way there. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, but it's open seven days a week and it had some pretty decent hours. All right. We'll see. I'm going to try to make yeah. it happen because God only knows when I'll be in DC again. Yeah. 
Oh, and uh, Ken Marcus. I talked to Ken Marcus. He's going to swing by. He says he's not sure what day yet. Probably be mm-hmm. Saturday or Sunday. Uh, but Ken Marcus is going to come and stop by and say hi to four guys. He doesn't have That's a booth. Cool. He's just going to come to the con as an attendee. Um, and for those that don't know, Ken Marcus, creator of Superhuman Resources, one <laughs> of my all-time favorite titles. I can't talk enough about it. Uh, we just did the flashback interview with him last week. Yep. So you guys can go back and listen to that. Uh, really, really hilarious guy. So I'm excited to finally be able to like meet him and actually be able uh-huh. to talk to him as well. Sweet. Cool. Yeah, yep. a little, a little off topic. Um, this past week, I don't know when it was released, but a four-part, it's basically a movie broken up into four parts, but um, Castlevania animated yes, series I need oh, to watch. Yeah. Written, oh, by, yeah. written by Warren Ellis. I didn't know that is great news. I'm definitely going to check it out now, but I've heard amazing things about it. Um, yeah. definitely worth checking out. I yeah, it's it's great. It's I, I, apparently it's really short. Like it's like 80 minutes total cuz you know, it was meant to be a movie, which kind of sucks. I was hoping for something longer, but apparently that's the only bad thing about it. So, yeah. very exciting. No, yeah. it looks exciting. I've um watched ish, uh episodes 1, 2, and 3, so I guess I have yeah, one episode one left. Yeah, you got one more. Dang, I thought it was going to be a lot more. There, yeah, there's that's what everyone's so says. much to settle. <laughs> that's what everybody says. Oh wow! All right. Yeah, but dang, uh, that sucks. <laughs> it's been good. You heard it here live, folks. Rusty's heart being slightly broken. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, maybe it's time to pick up the phone and bring in an interview. Definitely. Let's do it. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for our interview portion of Four Guys in a Comic. This is Rusty Surfer, and today, the three of us, because Tap isn't here, are bringing you a special guest, okay? We have indie comic creator, he does it all, writes, draws, everything, Devin Kraft. What's going on, Devin? How's it going? Hey, we're doing all right. They're hanging in there. But, all right, so, Devin, you know, I'm sure there's... A wide array of people that don't know who you are, so why don't you just tell us who you are? That's like a total shame. No. Um, <laughs> uh, let's, let's get them educated. I'm Devin Kraft. Um, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator who's been working on graphic novels since I was like 14 or 15. Uh, I used to live in Denton, and I recently moved to Dallas, and I kind of live and work out of the design district now. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, I Okay. I read this and I did not know this about you. Um, you're from Roswell, New Mexico, right? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm actually from uh, Belen, New Mexico. What? I actually yeah. haven't. I, I'll be honest. I haven't heard of Belen, but I'm more surprised that there's a town in New Mexico that I haven't heard of. Yeah. It's right outside of uh, Albuquerque. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Not but, too far uh, off. Not at all. And what's even weirder is uh, my uh, brother, his dad, is from Roswell. So I used to go there as a kid. What? How often? Um, we had uh, some family there. I'd go there for like Christmas sometime, or I, you know, some random holiday or whatever. But like maybe once or twice a year. But uh, it, it, I always remember it as the alien town. So, yeah. Inversely, yeah. we'd go to uh, Albuquerque, and that was like the only place I could buy comics. So I always loved it whenever we like went out of town. 
Yep, I was uh, lucky enough to live right there outside of that <laughs> Albuquerque. So it was just a stone throw away. But I mean, I, I read this whenever you sent us all the stuff, and I was just, I was looking through like some of your your Dragon Slayer and everything else, and I'm just like, oh, he's from New Mexico too. Cool. <laughs> New Mexico. Yeah. Beers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Represent. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, beyond New Mexico, let's start it off from there. Like when you were a kid and all that, what got you into comic books? Okay, so originally it's kind of weird because I come like my gateway drug was uh, video games. So I kind of came from uh, like po- like so Power Rangers to Pokemon, Pokemon to anime, and then to track down anime, I'd have to go into a lot of comic shops, and and kind of the crossover between like Capcom and a lot of Japanese publishers like Konami doing uh, Western properties like you know, the beat-em-ups and stuff, but, like, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, um, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, those kind of series. So I was always familiar with the characters. So it's kind of goofy, but I think my first, the first time I remember kind of getting into comics was, like, the X-Men films. And it's weird that they're kind of marketed. and I fell into that, like, advertising campaign, but that was the first time I kind of actively pursued comic books. But, um, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, originally, uh, I was able to find manga at, like, Hastings and Roswell, and then uh, eventually Western comics kind of became easier to get my hands on. So uh, I picked up as many of those as I could and then kind of got addicted to those and manga as that, like, whole Tokyo pop revolution was going on. And, yeah, so it was kind of my first foray into comics. And I started making comics when I was, like, I think 16 or 17. So I've been doing it ever since. Very cool. <laughs> uh, and now there's almost it's almost impossible to stay away from places you can buy comics at. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm looking through your uh the store on your website, um CheshireCatArt.com. We'll just plug mm-hmm. that. Um yeah, and you've got you clearly are a big pop culture fan. I can see like you've got video game prints and um a lot of great great manga ones. Uh, I li- I like the um the journey one you have. Thanks. I like that one, and um, you just reminded me of uh, of Shadow of the Colossus. I really love that game. It's such an artsy game, and uh, I, I really like the print you've got for that too. It looks really good. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, we we read some of your comics, uh, Dragon Slayer, and uh, the first two issues of I guess they aren't. Would you call them issues? You call them tracks, which I like. Yeah, uh, Silence. Yeah, I call them tracks. They're um, which is like super pretentious. Now they're like uh, they're like double sized issues, so they're like they're shy of like a graphic novel, but they're not, you know. But issues is fine. Yeah, so I mean, it, it was great because the stories are are fairly different. One of them is basically um, a great huge epic dragon quest, which was awesome. Uh, it felt <laughs> like uh, there's clearly some there's some video game undertones there, and um, the other was really a sort of a love letter to music uh, yeah i mean is very very different books um so i mean how did i guess you let's talk about dragon slayer first um the idea was that influenced by anything or was it always just something you wanted to write this fantasy epic story so like i guess as a writer i'm always trying to uh mine kind of kind of the depth of who i am and tell a story that hopefully has like a lot of heart and soul to it and so um, I was trying to think of, like, the first thing that made me really want to tell stories, and it was, like, the old Final Fantasy games, uh, mainly, like, 7, 8, and 9. And I was like, a lot of people don't really go back to those. 
Um, so that was one component of it. Another component was actually involves Roswell. Um, I got to live in Japan for a bit, and after through an exchange program, um, and then I went out there to job hunt. And after graduating college, I kind of graduated with like everyone our age into like the recession. And so I went from like almost having a, a job in Japan to like coming back home and not having like, you know, living with my parents and not having anywhere to go and zero job. So I got to go from like the heights of what I thought was possible for my life to my hometown. And so, um, uh, so living with my parents, I literally worked at a cheese factory and in my head, like not like a cheesecake factory, like a factory where like cheese gets made. For wow. <laughs> um, and like low on that rung too. So in my head I was like, I went to college and now I work at a cheese factory. Like, I guess this is life. But, um, I just, the whole time I was thinking like, there's gotta be something more. Uh, there's gotta be like a way out of this. And I got really hooked on an album, uh, by this band called Sunset Rubdown and it's called Dragon Slayer. But, uh, one of the lyrics is like, it's time for a bigger kind of kill. And I kept thinking like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta find my next big challenge. And so through a series of kind of fortunate events, I ended up in Dallas and Dragon Slayer was like, I worked at a medical company for a bit and Dragon Slayer was what was kicking in my head. So, uh, after I got let go from that job, like amicably, uh, I ended up that, that was the thing. I was like, this is the big kill, like finishing a graphic novel and like pushing myself to finish like 140, 50 pages of a comic on my own. So, yeah. Um, that's, that's, like, that's quite an undertaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, no, I I I really enjoyed Dragon Slayer. Um I now that you mentioned Final Fantasy, the Gunblade makes sense. Uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does actually now you think about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a few yeah. little things in there. It's like I was like you must like Star Wars because I kept feeling a Star Wars undertone in a lot of little things here and there. Oh. Cool. Any examples? Like uh like it's been a, it's been like a bit since I've worked on it and I haven't uh-huh. revisited it. So like there's probably stuff in there that even I would be like, "Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking when I well, there's like chapter 11. I'm looking at it right now. And uh, he goes into the cave and he, he meets – oh, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. Like a little Yoda kind of character. They're having a meal. And I think of Star Wars, you know, with Luke and Yoda in the cave sharing a meal. And I look, then the guy has this – and I'm telling you, I hear Yoda's voice when I read this. It's like – a yeah. wrong's a wrong, no matter how great or small. It's what you do to learn from it that matters, yay. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. The old guy went on fire, yeah. yeah. Kind of journey, you know? Like, uh, like what it takes to kind of overcome. I think it's it's one of those deals where I tried to stick to, like, some kind of classic uh, storytelling, but, you know, mix it up a bit. Yeah, Very with cool. uh, some crazy dragons. I will say... I could never imagine drawing animals and you very ambitiously just took the task upon it. it you just like a whole chapter of just like animal on animal action. It's like, wow, I, I could not like, I couldn't even imagine trying to draw all these animals. It's crazy. See, that was something I wanted to ask too, because some of the animals seem kind of personified like the bear, but mm. then there's deer running around and it's just like, they're normal. So what's up with that? Uh, so, well, so, like, the idea with the bear was basically that, like, and it's, like, anthropomorphism. The bear, like, some missionaries, it's a fantasy world, so, like, any of the animals can be as smart right. as dumb as they be. Um, and actually one of my friends, like, accidentally made a Quentin Tarantino verse out of, out of that little plot line, but the concept <laughs> is... So the kind of story with the bears, uh, one of the themes in Dragon Slayer is kind of man versus nature, and the concept was that, like, these bears had been taught uh, English 
bears from missionaries. And so the threat initially seems that like he's just fighting another bear, but you kind of get a little bit of the bear's backstory. Um, my previous comic uh, was one called Deluge about this guy who made a promise to it's like it's kind of like uh, whenever Americans were sort of like kind of cultivating America, like Louisiana Purchase area, uh, where basically you got as much land as you wanted. And this guy tries to kind of make something out of the land and nothing really happens with it. And uh, uh, so his wife ends up dying, he ends up losing everything and he ends up just going comatose. So he makes a deal with God that oh, well, he makes a deal with God that uh, um a bit but like if he can get his crops going he'll do whatever but like his everything goes wrong and there's this like basically like an atheist shipbuilder who ends up building the ship in the middle of a desert and so uh the guy who made the deal with god goes comatose the rains come sweep him onto the ship and so the story starts with him on the ship and so my friend was like oh that's like the missionary that like teaches these bears and i was like oh wow like that's how these universes get started someone else comes up with it and like slots it together but it wasn't really necessarily my intention but i thought it was cool Oh, that is cool. No, that that's really cool, actually. I always like it when you can tie in like your own, you know, universe thing. Um, you know, personally, with me writing and stuff, I'm always trying to think of ways that I can make things work out. But whenever you actually have like an epiphany moment like that, you're like, okay, this will work. You know, very cool. Now, do you ever plan on uh, revisiting the uh, the universe? Because it feels like a lot of these stories, uh, a lot of these characters, rather, have a lot more stories to be told about them. Um, and just in general, the, I mean, you created a huge universe, so I was just wondering if there's any, if you're going to leave it like there's, you know, fill it in yourself and make up your own stories, that sort of thing, which I don't mind, but I was just wondering if you had any ideas about going back to, uh, to the Dragon Slayer universe. Yeah, so, so I kind of set it up for a sequel, um, and I wanted to gauge kind of how Dragon Slayer did and see if, like, people gravitated towards the story. A lot of it, being an independent comic uh, book artist, a lot of it hinged on the Kickstarter campaigns I released uh, for the book. So each Kickstarter campaign was kind of a litmus test to see if people were interested um, and if I should keep going. And that's kind of still the case. Like, if I put an idea out and people don't care for it, then I should put my time into something that I connect with the readership, I guess. Um, not to be pandering, you know, but like, so I'm doing something that people are interested in reading. So I'm making a product that, you know, is worth consuming, I guess. Um, and the Kickstarters did pretty well and the book took off, but um, I ended up like the amount of time it took to do it, the amount of time it takes to come up with the story, set it up, execute it. I figured I would shift and pivot and walk away from it and do kind of a different story for the next uh, the next project. But it is kind of set up and I have a lot of ideas for kind of the clip, not the cliffhanger ending, but kind of what happens after the main story. Right. Um, some of the characters actually do show up in silence too. So um, just kind of here and there. Um, so yeah, silence is on. Is it? I believe the second issue's out. Mm-hmm. Um, is that um, is that still in the works? Issue number three. Yes, actually, I've spent all weekend this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's every weekend that I have uh, working on it. Um, yeah. So the thing with these comics is, so for for Dragon Slayer, uh, I did all the I wrote everything, penciled it, inked it, promoted it, did the Kickstarters, did distribution. Uh, licked every envelope. I did everything except the coloring. Um, and even that I kind of jumped in and worked with some of my friends on. Um, I hired like a group of my friends to work on coloring and there was just so much of it that like we all kind of had to go and see through, see it through to the end. Right. Uh, independent comics just take so much time. So like at this rate with, uh, with day jobs or conventions or a mix of the two as my life is now, 
it's taking about a year per 60 pages, um, which sounds really slow because uh, it's like, oh, you should be able to do like a page a day or, you know. Um, but it's one of those deals where it's like I can basically get two or three hours in a night. So that's like a page of pencils one night, page of inks another night, page of colors. So each page ends up taking a week. So getting getting 66 pages even in a year and in addition to Kickstarters and uh, yeah. shipping it out, like doing full chores for a book and lettering it too. Doing full chores is just, it's a monumental task. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I got to ask, since you put it all together and everything else, what kind of, when you first got the idea and you decided to finally just do it, what kind of preparation did you do to actually be like, okay, I'm going to write this, I'm going to draw this, I'm going to color this, I'm going to do everything. What kind of preparation did you have? Well, so it's kind of it's kind of the natural progression of what I've been kind of training for. So you guys could probably tell, like, I talk a ton. And so uh, to kind of just distract myself in in school it started in high school i have like adhd so i'm like i'm hyper and distracted all the time so <laughs> in uh in school to pay attention and to also not like raise my hand all the time or just be obnoxious in general i'd sit there and like sketch during classes and then that kind of carried over into college so by the time i'd done dragon slayer i'd done something like 22 comics or so um and like some of them have some like the one i was mentioning earlier deluge some of them have some really cool ideas but the execution isn't any good because I hadn't met any other artists or anything. Um, so moving to Dallas, I got to kind of cross-pollinate with a lot of creators, and I learned a ton of stuff that I just couldn't have fathomed. Um, so when it came time to do Dragon Slayer, uh, I'd done a five or six issue series before, and I say that loosely because like it's drawn, it was drawn on manga paper that I got and like punched holes in, and then drew it during class, and then it has all of my notes on the back. Like it's legitimately a comic and the fact that there's like it like I don't I don't think it's a bad comic but like I didn't know how to do spot blacks um I think the concepts are really cool but it's kind of a learner comic so the main thing about Dragon Slayer was doing a cohesive story with much better artwork that that had a finite beginning and ending and then coloring became uh the big challenge and honestly distribution um having a comic that like those 20 comics like I can send people and they exist on like Deviant if you go digging but having comics that people actually read and like consumed and had feedback about as opposed to stuff that just kind of gets built and shuffled away um i think those are the main missions with with that project since you've been doing all these comics now with uh you know doing it all by yourself is there anything that you may have plans for or anything else where you're like kind of expanding out and kind of like i don't know uh dividing up the comic like where something you thought about where you're just going to do the art on or maybe something you just want to write you want to kind of like deal it out to someone else do you have any uh future ideas for that absolutely so my main passion is kind of in writing and uh so originally um me and my best friend grew up in in roswell and he's a super talented artist in his own right uh his name's logan pack and he's done some really cool projects he's actually got some cool projects that'll hopefully be hitting comic shelves pretty soon um but he's he's a very talented like uh kind of illustrator painter and we both kind of grew up learning off each other but originally he worked on kind of uh, my first comic series but it was kind of tricky relying on someone else because it's like it's like oh like i've got issue two done like you know and you kind of do it on someone else's time so i was like well i'll just kind of shadow box and like learn illustration on the side and then it's like oh well i can kind of draw them and then i just kind of kept at it um so that's how i ended up kind of working on my own stuff i've been doing uh like i've done some paid uh, work where people will have a story or something and submit it to me. 
And I've probably done probably 10 or 11 kind of side projects like that. Uh, I have a samurai epic that hopefully I'll get to wrap up. Or not epic, but a samurai issue that's kind of Kurosawa inspired that hopefully I'll get to release soon. Um, I just wrapped up a project that's kind of like Spera with this guy named Hansel Moreno who did this really awesome kind of Peruvian Studio Ghibli kind of story. Um, but going forward, like I know whatever my next project is, it'll probably be uh, black and white at least initially because it saves me like it's it's an order of magnitudes. It takes me so long to pencil, so long to ink, but it takes me probably twice as long as those units to color because you have to do all the flats, and then you have to do all the shading. Um, so if I kind of aim for the edit, I think I'll probably do something black and white. But um, I love writing, so that's that's my like my goal is to kind of do illustration to bring the concepts to a product that people can kind of consume. But um, I've thought about hiring flatters or something at least for the next project. Um, but I think I think first thing I'll focus on is just doing some short comics because I could pump out like a comic in a month or two. Um, if not, assuming I had a plot and everything, but um, coloring just slows it down. So if I can find a colorist that I get to like be really good friends with or isn't too expensive, <laughs> yeah, the next part of the puzzle. So now um, you clearly have a huge love for manga. I was just wondering what um, if you're reading any currently. I've I've dabbled a little bit. I haven't ever really gone too crazy. I've been reading like One Punch Man, um, the <laughs> Ultraman reboot, Vinland Saga jojo's bizarre adventure stuff like that um so i was wondering if you have i don't know some kind of recommendations to i mean i i've always loved manga it's, it's very different from like western comics so if you know it may it may turn off most like you know amazing spider-man readers but there's always someone who'll yeah. get that who'll get that uh that connection to it um so yeah if you have any do you have anything to recommend even uh, for something for me to check out yeah um so i just got back from japan and uh in march I got to go and kind of pick up a whole lot of art books. Um, a lot of stuff I read is older. There were a few manga that were newer that I was kind of curious about. Um, there's one called Levius that kind of looks like Blade of the Immortal. Um, it's got this really cool art style. Uh, I can show you in a bit. It's pretty cool. But um, Levius is pretty cool. There's one I want to read. I picked up a volume of it, but I haven't sat down to read it yet, called Innocence or Innocent in Japanese. I believe it's like it's kind of an Englishization of Japanese. Okay. But but um, in terms of, like, classic manga, I always love, like, uh, Katsuhiro Tomo. I love uh, – there's this guy named Tarada Katsuya who did this really cool comic called The Monkey King where he reimagines the journey to the West. Like, is this, like, hyper-violent Mad Max, just, like, crazy, crazy manga. Um, i trying to think. I love Gaunt's. That was really cool, really yeah, dark. It's a good one. Yeah, um, I guess I can say – I'll just say this to the, to the general people listening because um, I know everyone will love this berserk if you've never read berserk (laughs) read it like it's it's the closest kind of like it's the best thing to get the best manga to to get into if you read western comics i think because it's hyper violent it's not like super cheesy or it doesn't have any of those uh you know teen qualities i guess that some may turn some of the older readers off um tremendous i love that book so much too bad it's always on hiatus now there's a lot to catch up on there's a ton to catch up on yeah, Kentaro Mira is an absolute beast. Like reading Berserk is just harrowing. As an artist, it's it's about as scary as the storyline is. Detail in the in the action scenes is just mind-boggling. It, I, I can't imagine. The worst thing is that like in Japan they're actually just like a dollar used. So like even as cheap as they are here, I can't oh ever. God. 
Yeah, I bought I bought all of Dragon Ball for like forty two bucks. Wow, like, dang! Like that is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but how could you not like forty two? Yeah, no. Like all of it. That's so, incredible. That's cool. No, that's really cool. I started doing that. It was like a while back. It was like maybe three years ago or something. I found a bunch of the Dragon Ball, um, like I guess like the the volumes or whatever online. Yeah. And I was just reading them that way, and it was just like so much stuff. So, so I couldn't imagine getting all of it for forty two. That sounds like a deal, man. It's like this much. I got it in. Um, so my family like takes vacations to Hawaii every once in time, uh, once in a while. And there's like a lot. Of- Japanese people there. There's a used bookstore um, on Oahu, and I found it, and I was like, "Well, guess we gotta get some luggage to get this back to like the mainland." But um, it always feels like I'm stealing money. It's like I'm I'm stacking these like bricks of manga cash, and like, you know. Yeah, it's um, it, it it's crazy to imagine. I mean, we all we all know that like Chris Claremont wrote the X-Men for 10 or 12 years, however long it is, but there's guys like Eiichiro Oda who's been doing one piece for so long drawing mm-hmm. and writing it. It's like, how does your brain have that many ideas? It's unbelievable. See, and this is the thing. There's a really interesting, uh, program. Um, do you know 20th century boys or Pluto? Yes. Yeah. So Naoki Kurosawa, the, the manga artist for that has a TV show called Manden. And Manben, he goes and he finds uh, artists and he records them. He just sets up uh, cameras and records their process. And, and uh, you start to see how many assistants these guys have. And then you start to see how the editors play into it. So, like, Oda is definitely drawing it all. And I think he has, like, overall story say. But in my head, one piece is too big to fit. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's a one-guy show. I think the editors yeah. are like, okay, this is what we got to go, you know? Yeah, I know, like, uh, is his name Kubo who did Bleach? I know he had a lot of assistants basically shadowing his work. And, uh, yeah, I can imagine after a while it's sort of, the the deadlines are just way too short. Like, every week a chapter, I think it is for most guys. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. They're doing, like, uh, several pages a day. But once you start to see with the assistants, you're like, okay, this is a lot of work. Right. But, like, it's it's only, it's like a magic trick to me. Like, if it seems inhuman, look, look, look. <laughs> Like, okay, that's, I get it. They still work really hard, but like, ah, you know. I had the money to uh, afford all these assistants, you know, get it out that quickly too, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. That's cool. Red, are you back? I am back. Okay, ask a question. You sound like you're on your phone. I am on my phone. He's a piece piece of crap. (laughs) Well, ask a question so you don't seem like a ghost this whole time. Oh, Jesus. I, I don't even know what you guys covered after this last That's one. True. That's true. Jesus. We were, we were just talking about manga. Don't worry. I'm sure you won't overlap. I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure because I know nothing. <laughs> yes, exactly. So don't worry. I know Western comics, too. Like, that's – I spent probably more time in Western comics than manga. Well, like, no, I mean – we rarely get in like I, I think the last yeah. person we mentioned manga with was joe kelly of all people like, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 no joe kelly is really into manga yeah like yeah, it, yeah uh, we were talking to him for a while about it i kill monsters right is that the name yeah i think that yeah. yeah yeah i kill, I kill giants maybe i think that's what that was yeah yeah i kill giants the uh the, the artist for that like he's big in japan like i was over there and i was seeing his stuff like they had translations about i kill giants and yeah. stuff and i was like wow like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I bet, dude. Uh, I Kill Giants is one of the best books I've read in a bit. Uh, so where in Japan where are you at? 
Uh, so I li- Tokyo is kind of the the stomping grounds. So that's okay. usually where I go back because there's so much to see and do there that like uh, it's it, like there's nowhere else I'd really want to go because like it's it's kind of like. 50 cities in one metropolitan area so you can yeah. get tired of one place and go to another place and learn all about that place like yeah so i lived i lived in sasebo and I, I went to tokyo quite often and i'll tell you it was hard to find your marvel and dc and comic shops out there <laughs> yeah uh, no it's it was it surprised me in the time that i lived out there i i would see sandman i'd see the jim lee stuff I have a volume of Ultimate X-Men, like the second, what would be the second trade here in Japanese. Um, I, ha- I picked up an awesome hardcover uh, Batman Black and White um, that they had. Some of Mike Mignola's stuff's made it over. But whenever I went this last time, it was nuts because, like, I actually saw a girl with, like, a Marvel backpack. Like, they're definitely oh, wow. starting to penetrate that market. And there's tons and tons of, like, there's a lot more uh, Western graphic novels because the films have just, like, exploded. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I was about to say Red School. I know you were over there, and you didn't dabble in any uh, Japanese manga or anything the whole time. I know it was way back in the day. How? What year was it when you were there? Uh, 92, 93. 93, yeah. And I, I looked. I, I Even then, to this day, I still haven't been able to get into it. Oh. Well, I mean, you're a little bit of an older gent now. Yeah, just a little bit. But... Uh... It was difficult. It was hard. The only place I get comics was on the military base. I would have to travel somewhere like to Australia where they have really great comic book shops and you could pick up everything you needed. But yeah, in Asia it was so rough. Yeah, Crazy. I can, I can only imagine. Yeah, but um I guess for Western comics, do you have time to read anything now? Most most people don't, it seems like. Um, no, I've actually, so it's, I actually try to kind of make it a priority to keep up with stuff. For me, it's, it's a question of what's quality, what's, um, what's something, you know, huh? Yeah, 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 what's, what's, what's not. Um, Image seems to be killing it, like, Southern yeah. Bastards is amazing. I love the art on Lowe's, sometimes I have a little trouble with the story. Um, I'm trying to think, I'd have to, like, look at my shelf to... To kind of catch up, I was looking over Day Tripper today, and I was like, "Man, like it's really cool to you know okay. get to knock that out." Um, but yeah, no, I kind of keep up with everything. The Mobius Library re-release, I've been rereading uh, or reading for the first time, Gardens of Adina. Um, yeah, what do you guys read? Nice man. So you read European comics? I've been pushing Meta Barons on these guys. I'm assuming you've read it, and uh, just no biting. It's so good. Tell me about tell me about like I'm gonna turn the interview, but tell me I've like I've been trying to figure out like Hodorowski and oh, like reading of and loving like Mobius' storytelling, but trying to read the Inkle and not being able to read it, like, just being like this is this is crazy. Yeah, the the Inkle was uh, it sort of picked up for me. I wasn't I had to try like four times to get into it, um, but the Metabarons was just unbelievable. Um, it, it's basically this huge epic saga that spans this family where like. In order to become the new Meta Baron, you have to kill your own father. There's like incest, as always, with Hodorowski. That dude's a savage. Um, <laughs> ultra violent. Like, just this huge, epic, spa- cosmic uh, story that just takes pa- place over like centuries. Um, so, by the time you finish it, you're like, wow, I just feel like I've watched a, a, a dozen movies, like this huge anthology. 
Um, so it's really cool in that aspect. The artwork is amazing. I think it was Juan Juan Jimenez who did it, and that dude, the amount of detail he puts in is uncanny, uh, which is one thing I really like about European comics. I'm a huge guy when it comes to, like, when I see backgrounds in a comic, I get really excited. Um, mm-hmm. So, which, which was great in Dragon Slayer, by the way. Um, so... European comics knock that out of the park. They have so much detail. Mostly because they take like a year to do like 50 pages or something. (laughs) That's what they do. That's what they do. But it's ultra detailed and it looks great and it reads great. Yeah. No, European comics, it's, it's, to me, it's that intersection. Uh, European comics are kind of hard West, although sometimes there's kind of explanation, but like, I love, I love when East meets West, but studying, the more I studied mom, artist the more i found like otomo uh and tarada katsuya took a lot from mobius so it's like okay i gotta figure out more about mobius and then you find out like mobius i think his like uh master was a dude named gj and you start to just like go up the chain and you're like okay where these people come from you know um but no that's like what's your recommendation for like the first meta barons volume is there one just called there's one called the meta barons right or yeah uh, I'd recommend just the Meta Barons. It's made up of like eight books, so it's like four hundred plus four hundred plus pages. It's pretty lengthy, but um, it's really good. And then he's still continuing now with the Meta Baron, who's like the newest Meta Baron. Is just continuing his story. It's been pretty good so far. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's a it's a rabbit hole. You definitely uh, dive down. Yeah. When it comes to us. Nova dives into the bizarre and the the out there stuff. Yeah, I try to diversify. Stay. I'm like, yeah, he's more diverse. Well, I mean, you could be like me. I was about to say you could be uh, stuck up Marvel's butt for forever now. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. I was excited with um, Marvel Unlimited to finally. I haven't read Marvel. I kind of put a pin in it for four or five years, and I jumped back in. It was cool to catch up on like the Vision and Battle World. um, some of the major events, Squirrel Girl, uh, those kind of things. So, yeah, no, definitely. I know Nova. You were really into Vision with Tom King, that right? Was really good, really good. Uh, definitely a creative book coming out of Marvel. Yeah. That's the thing, though. <laughs> I mean, we argue about it all the time. Is Marvel puts out these events and it's the same crap over and over. And there's not many, as Tap would say, the guy who's not here, there's not many boutique books anymore to where it's just their own individual thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know Nova's sitting here laughing at me because it's like all I read. But Well, I mean, <laughs> that's fine. You've been reading some older Spider-Man, so I'm not that mad at you. Now, um, Devin, I've, I've got a question for you. Have you heard of a series called Invincible? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By him? Kirkman? Yeah, Kirkman, yeah. Did yeah. You, have you read it? Have you been able to keep up or no? Okay, so I have, like, I don't know, controversial opinion. Like, Walking Dead, I love picking up the omnibuses and just burning through it. So I like Kirkman as a writer, and I, I was like, okay, Invincible's gone at that time. is like 70 or 80 issues. And I was like, okay, I can check this out. And I jumped in, and I was like, this feels... It feels painfully generic and kind of gestural, like to me. And this is like not a not a objective. This is just like a subjective crit, I guess. Where there would be a character named like Arachnid Boy, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's a fine shot from the hip. But then like later, he's trying to give Arachnid Boy like plot. And so I made it like I made it one volume in, and then my roommate at the time was like, no, you gotta check it all out. So he had all the trades, and so I, I took a stab at it, and I think I made 30 issues in, and I just I couldn't get into it. I don't know why. 
<laughs> must be something in the water in Denton that's uh I know yeah, okay. Denton thing. They've been killing me for like two years now because no joke, I'm stuck on issue thirty five and I haven't gotten past it in like three years now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's arts arts like that. Sometimes like yeah. it hits hard with people. I, I like there are parts where I don't know. I like it just it felt like he was like like whenever he went I don't know. I don't know. like it's been a minute and I'd have to brush up to have like a more cogent the water. But I love the art. Ryan Otley kills it. Corey Walker. Oh, he does. Especially when you get it like in the hundreds, where it's, you know, with battle beast battles and all the blood and brains and guts yeah. flying everywhere. You just look at Otley's art and you're just like, your jaw drops. It's <laughs> just like, wow. They're total beasts. And I assume where there's smoke, there's fire. I assume there's something invincible. It's just every time I jump in, I'm just like, ah. So. Fair enough. <laughs> you know. Fair enough. It, just how I, it doesn't hit my brain the same way. I don't know. Now, um, <laughs> do you have? Are you going to be at any uh, conventions coming up soon? I guess it's all on your website too, if people are interested. Yeah. So, so what I did for the last four years was to kind of support the comic uh, gig. I guess the comic job. I would travel and uh, basically I would do a whole bunch of conventions, and then in my free time I would illustrate a new poster and then work on my comic work. And the goal with that was to have kind of a job, like make comic illustration sort of my job, whether it was for posters or for, for sequential art. Um, and so it just kept getting harder and harder to do shows. Like I did 13 the first year, 16 another year, and then last year I did like 21 shows. And so when you look at it, like that's three days for the show, and then it's usually two or three days prep. So those are like six days. Some of the weeks were like three weeks together or 12 weeks with like nine shows or something. So it got to be more of a day job than than it was intended to be. So, so this year I actually just got a day job because I was like, oh, I could I could like, you know, kind of do something different, uh, save myself a bit of trouble. And the conventions are great. It's just messing with my printer, you know. Yeah. Like <laughs> I always joke, it's like Evangelion. Like the show's coming up, my printer's broken, and I'm just like yelling at it, and like, <laughs> and then. It's, possible second something will click like either a friend will print them or my printer will come back to life or I'll go buy another printer to get stuff in the show so um this year i kind of scaled back to seven shows most of them are anime i know i'll be at uh san japan um staple which is an incredible independent comic convention in austin where everyone's got like zines and like homemade comics and stuff um and i love it because like seeing indie comics where people aren't beholden to anyone they don't even go yeah. to like audience you know, they can just do whatever they want. Um, I'm trying to think. There might be one more. I, I might do the Dallas show in October, but I'll probably wait until closer into. I've done the, I've done those shows like 20 plus times, so <laughs> taking a little breather and like letting people miss me for a bit. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, for people cool. interested in, in picking All up right. your books, where could they um, where could they get those? So I've got an Etsy shop. Um, I think it's shop.com slash or Etsy dot however Etsy's thing set up. Uh, basically, I'm Cheshire Cat Art on Etsy. You can also go to my website, Dragon Slayers on Comixology, as is uh, Silence Issue 1 and Issue 2. Um, as I have, I think my older comics are on DeviantArt if you really want to go digging for <laughs> some, some weird experiments. Um, all those are kind of up there. 
And then Silence Issue 3 is well underway. I'm kind of on the back half of it. I've just finished inking up to page 53 tonight out of probably 66-ish. So it'll probably take me a month to, to start the Kickstarter, a month to run the Kickstarter, a month to fulfill it. So fingers crossed it's done years out. But um, basically, Cheshire Cat Art, Instagram, Tumblr, pretty much everything. Awesome. Yeah, and people Very can p- cool. pick up physical or digital copies of your books. So the options are there, collected editions for Dragon Slayer. Um, I think we covered like almost everything across the spectrum for you, and now everyone knows who Devin Kraft is, and you got to go check out his stuff. I, I had no idea your stuff was on Comicsology, and that's pretty cool because we have a large fan base that deals with Comicsology. So oh, yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, we, we do. Definitely check it so, out. So, yeah, don't be surprised if some uh, some people start buying it up now. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, please. Justify this indie comics career. Let me keep going. <laughs> it's not a colossal waste of time. <laughs> awesome. So, um, before we leave, Devin, is there anything that you want to end off on, or is there anything you want to talk about, or anything else that you want to mention? Politics, but mainly the 17th century politics. No, uh, <laughs> no. If anyone's out there and uh, is thinking about doing comics as a career, do it. It's a lot of work, but definitely worth it. So. Uh, um, if anyone ever has any art questions, feel free to hit me up on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, that is going to conclude this interview with Devin Craft. Thanks again. Check out all his work. We've talked about it a million times here now, so you can find it everywhere. Obviously, you have all the answers. So there's no excuses, guys. 